stand with me this morning as we honor the reading of the wonderful word of the Lord. Today we're looking in the book of 1 Peter chapter number 3. 1 Peter chapter number 3, and we're going to read verse number 12 to get us started this morning. 1 Peter chapter number 3 and verse number 12. The word of the Lord says that the eyes of the Lord are on the righteous, and his ears are open to their prayers. But the face of the Lord is against those who do evil. Let's look at the middle part of uh, verse number 12. The Bible says that his ears are open to their prayers. I want to talk to you for a little while this morning about benefits, benefits of of prayer. Father, I thank you this morning for the opportunity of prayer. Father, for the opportunity of calling uh, upon you, Father. The opportunity, Father, of, of crying out to you and bringing our needs and our burdens and our petitions to you. Father, we just pray that your anointing will rest upon the message and the messenger today. Touch us today. Lord, touch us physically as well as by your Spirit. Enable us to to minister effectively the Word of God. We ask in Jesus' name. All of God's people said, praise the Lord. You may be reseated this morning. I'll tell you this morning that prayer is more than just a ritual. And it is more than just some kind of a religious exercise. And the longer that I serve the Lord, the longer that I walk with the Lord, the more I realize and the more that I appreciate the value of prayer. I want to tell you that, quite honestly, that that I I didn't always understand uh, the value of prayer. Even in my early ministry, I I prayed and and all of that, but I, I never, you know, it just takes a while to understand and realize the incredible value of prayer. There are a host of benefits that come with prayer, and, and we understand that prayer is one of the most powerful and one of the most effective forces there is. I just picked out three this morning of the benefits of prayer, and I want to talk about that this morning. First of all, I want to suggest that prayer gets us God's attention. Prayer gets us God's attention. Let me suggest, first of all, this morning that He hears. He hears. The psalmist said in Psalm 65 and 2, you are a God who hears prayer. And our text, 1 Peter chapter 3 and verse 12, his ears are open to their prayers. Let me suggest to you this morning that prayer gets God's attention. That God hears his children when they pray. How many of you are with me this morning? Most of you are out in la-la land this morning. I need you to zoom in on it a little bit this morning. Maybe it's me that's not focused this morning. God hears his children when they pray. When my son was born, I worked two jobs. I was pastoring a, a little struggling church, and I had a little drywall business that I was working as well. My wife was a stay at home wife and mama, and so she got up with Chad at night. I, I couldn't stay up all night and hang sheetrock all day. I know I'm a wimp. But one night I, I told my wife, I said, Honey, I, I said, I'm going to get up with Chad tonight. I, I know you're tired and you, you, you get up with him every night and all of this, but, but, but tonight, honey, I just want you to sleep. I want you to rest. And I'm going to get up with Chad tonight. I'm, I'm going to take care of Chad. 
Well, the next morning when I got up early to go to work, I said to my wife, I said, I said, Chad, Chad didn't cry out even once last night. Honey, Chad slept through the night. And she said to me, no, you slept through the night. Chad woke up twice, and you never, ever heard him. But not so with God. He hears the people of God. He hears His children when we pray. He hears us when we cry out to Him. Prayer gets us God's attention. Would you just think about that for a moment this morning? We we, we say that, and, and just the very fact that I'm talking about prayer this morning, because we've heard a million sermons about prayer. We do everything about prayer, but do it. But just think of it this morning. God, the creator of heaven and earth, all the all-powerful, the ever-present, all the all-knowing God hears us when we pray. How awesome is that? But not only does He hear, but let me say that He also He helps. He helps. Psalm 30, verse 10 through 12. Hear me, Lord. Have mercy on me and help me. You have turned my mourning into joyful dancing. You you have taken away my clothes of mourning and, and you have clothed me with joy. Psalm 54 verse 4 through 7. But God is my helper. The Lord keeps me alive. May the evil plans of my enemies be turned against them. Do as you promised and put an end to them. I will sacrifice a voluntary offering to you. I will praise your name, O Lord, for it is good. For you have rescued me from my trouble. And you have helped me triumph over my enemies. Prayer gets us God's attention. It ensures us of His help. Think about it for a moment this morning. The Bible says that God is omniscient. That means that that God knows everything. There's nothing that God doesn't know. The Bible says that God is omnipresent or that God is everywhere all at the very same time. That He is not limited to time or space. The Bible says that God is also omnipotent or all-powerful. That there's absolutely nothing that God is unable to do. There's nothing that is too complicated for Him. So think about it this morning. This omnipotent, omniscient, omnipresent God makes himself available, amen, to help us. And all that he is waiting on is for us to pray. All that God is waiting on is for us to cry out to him. And I want to tell you something this morning. There is is no matter too big and there's no matter too small for God. I remember several years ago now when I was in Midland, I had a few rental properties. And I, and I was getting a, a rental house ready to, to rent out and getting it ready for the next tenant. And, and the neighbor that was next door was a little widow lady. Sweet little Baptist lady. And I was talking to her one day. And we were talking about the Lord and, and different things. And, and I said, hey, I said, why don't you pray with me? I said, why don't you pray with me that, that God will give me a good renter and you a good neighbor? It would be nice for me to have somebody in my house that would take care of my house and pay the rent every month. And it would be nice if someone here could kind of look out after you. So, so let's pray God will give me a good renter and God will give you a good neighbor. This sweet little Baptist lady looked at me like, what tree did you fall out of? She said, oh, she said, I, I think God is far too busy to worry about my neighbor." 
But I want to tell you this morning, God is not too busy this morning. And God is not too big. I'm telling you, no matter how small and insignificant the matter is, God, amen, will hear us and God will help us. Amen. Nothing too big or nothing too small for God. I, I remember several years ago, I, me and a pastor friend of mine, we were meeting some other pastors down in Paladura Canyon. It was a, in February and, and there was snow all over the road and it was pretty rough and going down into that canyon, there were a lot of slick spots and I, we were going down there together and, and I'll never forget as we were going along there and we were talking and conversing and I was trying to drive and trying to be pretty careful going down in that canyon on those icy roads and all of a sudden we hit a slick spot and we started fishtailing, and then we went, I mean, all the way around two or three times. And, uh, you know, me and Brother David, we're going down there to pray. Brother David, he's a lot quieter than me. And I remember hearing him whisper, Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Well, I'm not quiet like he is. And I was like, Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. And he heard us. Because just before we went over the embankment, my car. I mean, I couldn't even get out on my side when we stopped. We were that close. I'm telling you this morning, God hears us when we pray. God is available. Amen. We have the opportunity of the ear of Almighty God. And there's nothing too big and nothing too small. But what God will not help us with. Prayer gets us God's attention. Let me also suggest that prayer also gets us God's action. Prayer also gets us God's action. Now, now I've said this many times, but most people believe that God answers prayer in one of three ways. Almost everybody would, would agree that God answers prayer in one of three ways. Either God says yes, or God says no, or God says wait, or not now. Well, I tend to believe that God answers prayer in one of four ways. Sometimes God says yes, sometimes God says no. Sometimes I believe God says wait or not now. But I believe that sometimes God says, you got to be kidding. You want what? You want me to do what? Are you out of your ever-loving mind? What kind of crack are you smoking? Are you nuts? Yeah, I think sometimes God says, what are you asking for? Let me tell you something. Nearly, nearly every day I thank God for every door He has ever opened for me. But I also thank Him for every door He ever shut. Almost every day I thank God for every time that He said yes. But I also thank Him for every time He told me no. I wouldn't be here this morning if God said yes to me. I'd be somewhere else. I'm here because God said, no, I've got another plan for you. And I thank God he did. I, I thank God every day for New Bethel too. So hear me that. I want you to know God's ways are best. Amen. I've learned, I've learned that the ways of God are always the right way, even if I don't understand them. And most of the time I don't understand them. And I want to tell you a whole lot of the time I don't even agree with it. I don't agree with everything in this book. But it ain't my book. He's right, I'm wrong. I'm just telling you, that's just how far we are from the way God thinks, and the way God acts, the way God works. Amen? 
Prayer gets us God's action, even, even if it is a different action than the action that we wanted Him to take. Let me tell you, God seldom takes action the way I ask Him to. Seldom. I got this grand and glorious plan. Yeah, God said, yeah. Eh. Don't like that plan. And he'll go in an opposite direction. I think he ought to. And in the end, he's always right. And I'm always glad. Amen. Let me ask this question this morning. What kind of prayer gets God to act? What kind of prayer gets God to act? Well, let me suggest, first of all, prayers that are prayed in faith. Prayers prayed in faith are the prayers that gets God to act. Hebrews 10 and 22 draws let us draw near with a true heart in full assurance of faith. Full assurance of faith. Jesus said in Mark 9 and 23, if you can believe, all things are possible to him that believes. Did Jesus say all things are possible to anybody no matter what? No, he said all things are possible to them that believe, to them that, that have some faith. Heard about a pastor who called a prayer meeting to pray for rain in a very uh, in a drought-stricken area. And the people came and they assembled together. And after the pastor looked over the congregation, oh, he immediately dismissed them before the prayer meeting even began. He said, you can all go home. And when the people asked him why he was sending them, he called for a prayer meeting to pray for rain. He called them to come and when they got there, he sent them home. Why? He said, there's no need to pray. He said, there's no need to pray. Nobody here has any faith. Well, how do you know nobody has any faith, Pastor? Because there's not even one umbrella. Prayer that gets God's action is prayer prayed in faith. Another prayer that gets God to act is is, is prayer prayed in fervency. Prayer prayed in in fervency. James 5 and 16, the effective fervent prayer. Say fervent. The effective fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. Hebrews 5 and 7, Jesus prayed with vehement or intense cries and tears. This word fervency means intensity of spirit. It means to pray with great emotion. It means to pray with some passion. Hear me this morning. We don't have to pray a passionate prayer over our Cheerios or Egg McMuffin for breakfast. But when we have a serious situation, serious situations call for some serious praying. When Jesus contemplated the cross and all that it would entail, He got so serious in His praying, He prayed with such fervency that the Bible said that His sweat turned into blood. I don't know how you see it, but here's the way I see it this morning. If Jesus felt the need to pray with intense passion and intensity, why should I think that a little mamby-pamby now I lay me down to sleep, I pray the Lord my soul to keep kind of a prayer is good enough. No, I'm going to tell you, if you want to get the ear of God, amen, if you want God to move, if you want God's action in your situation, amen, you're going to have to pray with some fervency. There's going to have to be some intensity. There's going to have to be some passion behind it. David said in Psalm 142 and 1, I cry out to the Lord with my voice. 
I cry out to the Lord with my voice. Verse 2, I pour out my, my complaint before Him. Verse 5, I cried out to you, O God. Verse 6, attend to my cry. What kind of prayer gets us God's action? Prayers prayed in fervencies. Pray, prayers prayed with intense passion. Well, that's okay for you, Pastor. You know, you're kind of high-strung and, you know, you're just kind of out there and, you know, you're a loud, uh, you know, buoyant kind of outgoing kind of guy. That's okay for you, Pastor. I, I understand that, that, that for you, but, 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 but Pastor, I, I, I'm more passive and reserved. Oh, really? Let me light your pant leg on fire and we'll see how passive and reserved you are. I don't fully understand it, but there's a certain dynamic that takes place when you open your mouth and lift your voice to God. Not necessarily saying you have to, I'm not talking about volume, I'm talking about passion, I'm talking about an intensity, a seriousness about the business of prayer. If Jesus felt the need to do it, then shouldn't we? What kind of prayer gets God's attention? Let me suggest prayers prayed in frequency. Frequency. I'm not going to take time to read it, but in 1 Kings chapter 18, verse 41 through 46, is where it's where Elijah is on Mount Carmel. It hadn't rained in three years. And the Bible says that he takes his servant with him up to the mountain, and he gets in this awkward uh Position and in earnestly, in, in earnestly and with fervency, he prays for rain, and then he sends his servant out to see if there's any sign of rain. And the servant comes back and says, Ain't nothing out there. So he prays again and again and again. And the servant comes back and says, Nada. And he prays again. And he prays again. Nothing. Nothing. And he prays again. And there's a cloud about the size of a man's hand. And most of us would say, big whopper do. Seven prayers. And a little old cloud about the size of a man's hand. Elijah said, no, you better tell Ahab. He better get off this mountain. There is a sound of an abundance of rain. Amen. How about Daniel chapter 6 and verse 10? Daniel prayed three times that day as his custom was. Matthew 7 verse 7 and 8 in the Amplified Bible. Jesus said, keep on asking, it will be given to you. Keep on seeking and you will find. Keep on knocking and the door will be open to you. What kind of prayer gets the attention of God? Prayers prayed in Frequency, prayers that are continually praying. We pray and we pray and we pray and we pray until we, until we know that God has heard us and that God is going to do something about our situation. Now several years ago, somebody said that you ought to only pray about something one time. And they said, if you pray for something after you've prayed for it once, if you pray for it again... Then that second time, you're praying in unbelief. Because if you really believed, you'd just leave it with that. I only have one word for that person. Baloney. 
Baloney. You see, not only do I have enough faith to pray, but if I don't get my prayer answered, I've got enough faith to pray again and pray again and pray again. Elijah prayed seven times before it rained. What would have happened if he had to quit praying after the first time or the second or third or fifth or sixth? Amen. He prayed and he prayed and he prayed until he saw, amen, some results. He prayed until he saw some sign from God when he saw the cloud about the size of a man's hand. What kind of prayer gets God to act frequent? We're talking about the benefits of prayer this morning. Prayer gets us God's attention and it gets us God's action. And, and let me tell you something this morning. Number three, prayer, prayer gets us God's affection. It gets us God's affection. Listen to me this morning, people. Prayer is not just for requesting. Prayer is not just for requesting. John chapter 6 verse 26 in the Message Bible. Jesus said to them, You've come looking for me, Jesus said, not because you saw God in me, but because I fed you and I filled your stomach. And for free? Yeah. Jesus said, you don't want a relationship with me. You're just here for the free meal. Amen? You know, there's some places I go eat only if I have a coupon. Because it ain't my favorite place, but half price, it's okay. (laughs) Jesus said, you don't want a relationship with me. You're only here because you've got a coupon. You know I'm going to feed you lunch. You're only here for the free lunch. Let me understand that too many people only pray when they want something. They only pray when they need something. They only pray in a crisis situation. And they only pray one kind of prayer. I call it the gimme prayer. Pastor, what's a gimme prayer? Lord, give me this and Lord, give me that and Lord, give me something else. And for too many people, too many of God's people, they, they have this attitude with God. What have you done for me lately? What have you done for me Lately, the children of Israel were notorious for that. They grumbled because they were hungry. God fed them and then they grumbled about the meal he fed. They prayed for God to deliver them from slavery out of Egypt. And then they turned right around and grumbled after God delivered them and said, We are better off back where we are than where we are now. It's a wonder that God wants anything to do with us at all, isn't it? Prayer is not just for requesting, not just for petitioning, not just for asking. Let me suggest this morning that prayer is about relationship. Prayer is about relationship. And this is what I want you to get this morning. I want you to get this this morning, please. Prayer is about relationship. Matthew 15 and 8, Jesus said, He said, These people draw near to me with their mouth and they honor me with their lips, but their heart... Is far from me. You see, too many of God's people seek his hands, but not his face. They want something from God, but they have no time for God. James chapter 4 and verse 8. 
James said, draw near to God and he will draw near to you. Pastor, I thought it was all about God because, you know, the old hymn says, draw me nearer, 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 blessed Lord. No, that might be a nice tune, but it's not a scriptural hymn. The Bible says we draw near to God and he will draw near to us. You see, we can be as close to God or we can be as far away from God as we want to be. It's up to us. I love, the, I love the old story of the married couple. Oh, oh, they were driving down the road in their automobile and, and the wife said to her husband, said, just look at us. Would you just look at us, she said. You're way over there on your side and I'm way over here on, our, on my side. She said, I can remember when we were dating. She said, we sat so close together you couldn't even put a piece of paper in between us. And the husband said to his wife, who moved? Who moved? I'm sitting in the same place I've always sat. And so often we'll cry out to God, say, God, you're so far away. God, there was once a time when we were so close, we were so intimate. God, oh, I long for that time like we once had when I felt so close to you. And God says, who moved? I'm at the same place I have always been. Amen. James said, draw near to God and He will draw near to you. It's up to us to take the initiative. Prayer is about relationship. Hear me this morning. God doesn't want to be used as just a spare tire. God doesn't want to be used as a glorified Santa Claus. Just think about that spare tire. Oh, you never look at it. You never check it. Oh, you never appreciate it. It just sits there in the trunk or under the vehicle. It just sits there and 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 sits there. And And only in an emergency, only when you have a flat or a blowout, only then do you look at the spare tire. But you expect the spare tire to be in good condition, to be have the right amount of air and be ready there to, to... Get you out of your trouble and get you out of your problem. God doesn't want to be a spare tire that we have hanging somewhere and we go about our business and we do our own thing and we ignore Him and we don't think about Him and we don't talk to Him and we have nothing to do with Him. Oh, but then all of a sudden we have a flat or a blowout in our life. All of a sudden we have a crisis. Oh, and just like the spare tire, we want to go and take God off of the hook somewhere and we want God to have the right tire pressure, you know. We want God to be ready, willing, and able to get us out of our problem. God doesn't want to be used like a spare tire. God doesn't want to be looked upon as some kind of glorified Santa Claus. Oh, He's only good for handing out gifts and toys and presents. I'm telling you this morning, God wants a relationship with us. God wants to spend time with us. Let's talk about ten minutes this morning about relationships and then we'll be done. Three things I want you to notice about relationships. Let me suggest, first of all, that relationships are costly. They're costly. Matthew chapter 16. Matthew chapter 16, verse 24 and 25. Jesus said to his disciples, If anyone desires to come after me, He's going to have to deny himself. He's going to have to take up his cross. He's going to have to follow me. 
Jesus said, whoever desires to save his life is going to lose it. But whoever loses his life for my sake is going to find it. Relationships are costly. To have a real relationship with somebody, it will cost you. It will cost you some time. It will cost you some trouble. It will cost you some of your treasure. When I was dating my wife, it cost me some time. She lived a hundred miles from me. For me to see her, I had to carve out a lot of time. It took me a long time just to go and come back. To date her cost me some trouble. I was going to high school, I was working construction, and playing high school baseball all at the same time in order to fit in a girlfriend in there somewhere. It cost me some trouble. There were girls in my youth group that wanted to date me. And when I brought someone from out of the ranks and dated somebody from out of the ranks, they were mad. And in order to date my in order to date Don, it cost me some of my treasure. And I'm tight. I was only 17. I had to buy my own car. I had to maintain my own car. Change oil in it myself. Put gas in it. Fix it when it broke down. Especially when I stripped the gears from hot rodding. Only 17. Bought and maintained my own car. Bought most of my clothes at eight, at, from the time I was 15. But at 17 when I was dating my wife. Bought most of my clothes had to pay for any and all of my recreation. The dates were on me. I'll never forget one of our dates. I always took her out to eat, but I always knew how much it was going to cost me before we went. One time I took her out to Mr. Steak in Enid, Oklahoma. That's her hometown. I'm 17, I don't know much. I I just thought Mr. Steak was just like all the other Sizzlers. (laughs) I'm 17, I'm making my own way part-time and going to school. I have a lot of money. And I'm thinking Mr. Steak, you know, Sizzler, you know. Well, we got in there, we sat down, and the waiter brought us the menu. And I opened the menu. And it was not priced like a sizzler. <laughs> My eyes must have bugged out. My mouth must have fallen open. Because when Dawn, when she opened her menu, and when she saw the prices, she said to me, We don't have to stay. I knew right then and there she was the one for me. I had a list of four things my wife had to come up to. Number one, she had to be pretty and she passed that test. Number two, she had to have a nice figure. She had one. Number three, she had to be a Christian and that's probably number one. But number four, she had to be thrifty. She met them all. There she says. 
She said, we don't have to stay. I said, I'll tell you what. I said, you get up and go to the bathroom. (laughs) And then just walk out. And I'll do the same thing in a couple of minutes, and I'll meet you out in the parking lot in a couple of minutes. And so we left and went to Taco Bell. (laughs) Actually, I think it's Taco Tico. I don't even know what that is now anymore. We understand relationships are costly. If you develop a relationship with God, it's going to cost you something. It's going to cost you some of your time. It's going to cost you some trouble. I mean, it's going to cost you some of your treasure. David said in 2 Samuel 24 and 24, he said, I refuse to worship my God with a sacrifice that didn't cost me anything. Prayer is about relationship. Relationships are costly. Relationships, number two, must be cultivated. Mark 3 and 14, Jesus appointed the 12 disciples. Notice the next phrase, that they might be with him. Jesus appointed the 12 disciples that they might be with him. You see, he appointed them to be and not just to do. Jesus selected 12 men and he poured himself into those 12 men for three and a half years. Friend, relationships don't happen overnight. They must be cultivated. They must be developed. Let me tell you that my relationship with God is nothing like it was 38 years ago when I began in ministry. Hey, it's not what it was 20 years ago. It's not what it was 10 years ago. I'm just telling you the truth this morning. There has never, ever been a time in my life that I enjoyed God more than I do now. Never. I have never been closer to God. I've had more emotional experiences with God than I do now. I don't need those as much now as I did in my early days where if God didn't give me the goosebumps, I didn't know if he's real or not. Oh, I like the goosebumps, but I don't have to have goosebumps to know God's real now. Amen. I've never been closer to God. I've never, ever once, I've ever had more confidence in God than I do right now. I've never trusted God more than I trust him now. Why? Because my relationship with God has been a steady, growing, developing, cultivated experience. God wants a relationship with us. Relationships are costly. Relationships must be cultivated. And finally this morning, let me suggest that that relationships should be cherished. Philippians 3 and 10, Paul, oh that I might know him. And his mighty power and that I might experience all that he has experienced. Paul said that I might know him. This word know here is the same word used for the intimate relationship enjoyed by a married couple. 
Paul was saying, I want to be as close to God as is humanly possible. Paul cherished his relationship with God. Do we even remotely understand the privilege that we have to be able to develop a personal relationship with the all supreme God? The Bible says that we can know Him as Abba, Father. The word Abba means Daddy. My kids usually now that they're grown, usually they call me dad. Every once in a while, Chad will call me pop. He's called me old man a couple of times. <laughs> Let me tell you something. When they call me daddy, my heart melts, and they can have just about anything they want. Pastor Braden, could you just come this morning? Let me just tell you this morning that when I pray, when I pray, I begin on my knees. Almost every time when I pray, if I'm having my prayer time, because I pray driving down the road, I pray walking down the road, I pray all, all the time, just a little quick little prayer with God, a little tuning in with the Lord. But when I have my prayer time, Almost every time I begin on my knees. I begin in honor. I begin in reverence to God. The Bible says that there are beings that are before the throne of God night and day who cease not but crying out, Holy, Holy, Holy Lord God, who was and who is and who is God. So when I have my prayer time, I... I usually start on my knees honoring God, humbling myself, humbling myself before God by literally getting down on my knees as a servant. And I honor and I reverence and I praise and I worship. Unbelievable, incredible God. Sometime during my prayer, I will transition from that to telling God, I'm not only glad, I'm not only glad that you are God, the God of all gods, the only true and living God, the all-powerful, all-knowing, omniscient, all-present, everywhere at the same time, God. But God, I also thank you spend some time talking to God not as God and only God but as my heavenly Father and somewhere along the way I go from reverencing an almighty unbelievable incredible God to recognizing Him as my heavenly Father it's a good prayer time. I can even go over here 
longer is he just my heavenly father, but he's daddy God. Daddy. like that 38 years ago 38 years ago I just prayed and begged God for something to preach God help those people 38 years ago I didn't even have this 20 years ago maybe not even 10 years ago to the place where it is now the good part about all of this is that I haven't arrived. I'm nowhere close to where God wants to take me. And I don't know where you are this morning in your relationship with God. Maybe all God is to you is just God and just a fire escape. Just keep me out of hell, God. I had that God for a long time when I was growing up. It's the last thing I did before I Went to sleep. I was 14, 15 years old and up and down like a yo-yo in my walk with God, you know, or a walk with God. It wasn't a walk with God. It was if I, you know, if I had a lightning bolt on Sunday night, I felt God and I shouted a little bit and ran around a little bit and jumped up and hooked the water a little bit and then went the next day and lived like the devil. But I always did not go to sleep until I said, God forgive me for all my sins. Amen. where you're at today it's just enough just have enough of God to keep you out of hell maybe you know nothing about a heavenly father and you sure know nothing about daddy God I just encourage you today God wants a relationship with you he does and it's not just for preachers or pastors God wants to talk with you he wants to visit with you and you don't have to have some eloquent prayer, know some, you know, prayer, uh, uh, the Lord's Prayer, some prayer outline, and I think that's good, and I kind of go by that myself. But I want to tell you that any time you cry out to God, His ears open, He'll hear you. He'll hear you. And He'll help you. He'll help you. Amen. Just 